All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. Hey everyone, welcome to a bonus episode of Front Porch Swingers. It is just Brenna here today doing something a little something a little bit different. And it's also our third year anniversary of the podcast as we're putting this episode out, which is very weird to think about. Three years ago today, we launched the show and had no idea what the fuck we were doing. And it's been such a fun, wild ride ever since. And I wanted to do a bonus episode for a couple of reasons. One, to celebrate three years, but two, the conversation that you're going to hear today is very much something that I'm passionate about. If you guys remember back last year, Brian did kind of a series of different interviews with men in the lifestyle space, and I think those conversations were so thought-provoking and awesome, but I wanted to represent the ladies, and I wanted to talk about some things that I'm passionate about, and I wanted to do so with two other women in this space that I have a lot of respect for, and I, I think that they have some really cool insights that are maybe slightly different from mine, but still very valid and a great conversation came out of it. So you're going to hear that today. I am so excited to be talking to the two ladies from the Two Hot Wives podcast. And without further ado, here it is. I am so excited to be here today with two lovely ladies, Ams and Kat, who are the hosts of the Two Hot Wives podcast. We're going to have a really fun chat today. Hey, ladies, how are you? Hey, Brenna, it is so good to see you. Hi, thank you for having us. Thanks for coming. I'm so excited to have a conversation and get to know you a little bit better, as I'm sure our listeners are as well. Do you want to start by maybe just introducing yourselves and giving us kind of the broad strokes of who you are as sexual people? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Where do we start? Uh, So I'm Ams, and this is Kat. We're hosts of the Two Hot Wives podcast. We are both wives, mothers, business owners, uh, live out in the suburbs, and uh, we have been in the lifestyle for a few years now. Mm-hmm. We have so much fun. It's been just an absolutely amazing shift in our lives uh, to the point where we felt like we needed to share our adventures and our advice with with listeners. So we started the podcast uh, about... Uh, almost a year ago. Almost a year ago. Yikes. I mean, we were in the in the talks and, and sort of getting it ready for months before that, but I think we launched in like October of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Because there is nothing, nothing else, else to, to do. do. <laughs> right. I was just <laughs> going to say the perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> Talk and have sex. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, so to be clear, you are both non-monogamous people. And can you kind of explain a little bit what that looks like for you currently? So uh, this is Kat. Uh, Mr. Kat and I uh, have been in the lifestyle maybe a year before uh, Ams and her husband got in. And we started just by, you know, putting our uh, profiles up and we meet with couples, but it's sort of turned into more of a community that we've started to build over the years. We've met lots of great people through whatever means, you know, going to a a meet and greet or an event or on some of the profile websites. But it it seems like the friendship that Ams and I have developed, we've sort of turned that into a community, which has been 
Awesome. Amazing. We, we know people, they know people, we bring them all together. Some people we play with, some people we don't, but we, um, we like them and we feel like they're a good fit and, and, uh, it's, it's been great. It's been a nice little evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to build on that, uh, Mr. Ams and I have been active in the lifestyle almost three years now, and we had, we did a lot of research before we got started. We listened to podcasts. We, we came at it really deliberately, but you know, we've come to realize sex is only a a really small part of it for us. It's an important part of it and it's really, really fun, but it's uh, become more about just meeting other like-minded, open-minded people getting together, uh, going to breweries, you know, having parties and, and sex is, you know, the, the cherry on top. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. Sounds very similar to us in that way. So a lot of social swinging, as we like to call it, not the, uh, you know, the typical one-off type things, but more of that building and connection, which is fantastic. So obviously I'm so excited to talk to you because you are two sex positive women who talk about your sex lives and are constantly kind of exploring based on what I hear on your show. And I thought it was the perfect opportunity to kind of open up some questions and talk very openly about female sexuality, how it relates to the lifestyle and kind of uh, maybe even some advice or some thoughts that you have for women that are you know, potentially looking to dip their toe in, but maybe you're not in the same position as the three of us are currently. So uh, the first thing I wanted to kind of delve into is, you know, you guys travel a lot. You you seem to meet a lot of people within the lifestyle. And like you said, connect with a lot of people. What do you feel like is the current state overall of kind of female sexuality? Um, do you feel like we're heading in, the po- in a positive direction or do you see certain kind of opportunities that we maybe need to think about as a community right now? It's a great time to be a woman and have sex. Uh-huh. It's really fantastic. Um, I, I think unlike prior sort of women's liberation and sexual liberation movements, what I see with women in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s is really exploring sex on their own terms, what excites them, what turns them on. It's not so much like if I do this or wear this or stick a dick really far in the back of my throat, then my guy will be so uh, happy with me. It really is about women uh, being empowered to explore their own version of sexuality. And I, I love seeing that. Right. What is it that we want separate from our husbands or the men? You know, what, what do we find exciting? What do we want to explore? Yeah. That's been a lot of fun. And you made a really good point about like this next generation. Oh, <laughs> they're so much further ahead. You know, I, we came to this after being married for a long time Yeah, where I find that the younger women who are sort of coming up they're they're discovering their sexuality before they find a man, which I think is fantastic because if you figure out what you want, you're going to better know what kind of mate you want. Mm-hmm. That's right. You should know what you want first before you start dancing with the new partner. Like, and young women now are so much more open sexually. There's, they're not, you know, basing their sex lives on like Disney princess movies. They're really open to exploring um, anything without shame. And I'm learning lessons from them every day. All the time. I do think that we are very lucky to have two fantastic husbands, three fantastic husbands. Um, (laughs) 
Because our husbands are, have been so supportive of the podcast and anything that we talk about. I mean, they they haven't had any problems with anything that we've decided to explore. They really want to know what we want, what we like. And they love the idea that we're doing it fully on our own, not taking their wants and likes so much into consideration, but just really figuring out what it is that we want. Yeah. I mean, for listeners of our show, you know, they know that I'm 31, Brian's 51. So it is really interesting to see kind of the difference in generations. So in addition to that, I have a sister that is 15 or 14 years younger than I am. So it's really interesting to see kind of that generation coming up behind and just the progressiveness of thought in terms of sexuality. So I completely agree. I think that we're seeing so many women open up their minds to kind of new ideas and and new types of sexuality. And I was reading this amazing article the other day that was talking about how 15% more women in the last decade have kind of shifted to the idea of not being heterosexual. And I think that has zero to do with what they actually want, right? And more so to do with kind of social acceptance around different types of sexuality. And also the fact that it's no longer, I always grew up as like, you're either heterosexual or you are homosexual and there is nothing in between, you know, sexuality is not a spectrum. You are one or the other pick one and stick to it. And I think it's so beautiful to see so many different kind of types of sexuality and sexual identifications being represented out there in a much more public way, which is obviously something that should be exciting for all of us for a plethora of different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. With much more acceptance. Oh, for sure. Uh, Gosh, my 11-year-old daughter told me the other day, you know, I'm really too young to decide what my sexual identity is. And after I picked my jaw up off the floor, I was like, you're right, girl, you're way too young to figure that out. You, you be you for now, but it's a conversation that they're having in a totally age appropriate way. They're not talking about having sex. They're talking about like, who am I as a person, which I just think is amazing and fascinating. Yeah. And then I got a glass of wine. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm sure that's both weird and awesome to hear at the same time. (laughs) Yes, it is both of those things. (laughs) Well, and I talked to my son about, you know, like his buddies and and women and attitudes towards women's sexuality and, and uh, not slut shaming. Yeah. And talk, I talked to him about, you know, don't make a girl feel bad for wanting the same kinds of things that you want. Yeah. Oh, I love that. How progressive of you both. Applaud. (laughs) Applauding you hard over here. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, uh, I definitely think we're moving in the right direction. I think, you know, not to get off on a total tangent here, but this OnlyFans thing has been very surprising to me. Now, granted, there are men that do OnlyFans and there are non-binary people that do OnlyFans, but for the most part, it's sex positive women, sex workers who are putting themselves out there. And to see the outcry, for those of you, our listeners obviously know yeah. that OnlyFans, you know, wanted to get away from sex work. And then there was this huge public outcry and all of these very public people saying this is not OK. You know, you had the Washington Post and CNN and BBC, very legitimate news sources for the first time that were going like, no, this is not OK. Women should be able to do what they want. And and present themselves publicly in whatever way they so choose, even if it's in a sexual light. And the fact that, you know, people were kind of standing up for us for the first time was like, wow. Yes. I think that was very eye-opening. Absolutely. And if you compare it to what happened when Patreon made that decision a couple of years ago and nobody said anything about it, like just 
it feels like a really fundamental shift in the conversation. Yes, I, I think it's proof, hopefully proof positive that we are moving um, in the right direction and seeing some very cool things happening. So and then, you know, to kind of shift in and bring it to the lifestyle space, I think in, you know, I, I want you to obviously chime in with your own examples of this or your own thoughts on this. But it does seem like there are more women as I'm speaking to them that they are the ones bringing up the conversations of being non-monogamous. They're kind of finding their voices and being able to, as you mentioned, Kat, say what they want want and not just go along for whatever sexual ride their partners, their male partners may want from them, but they are finding these very strong sexual voices and also the comfort in their own relationship to express that. So uh, to kind of shift in that direction, what do you guys see as kind of the trends or the the major themes of female sexuality in the non-monogamous lifestyle right now? Well, I think the hot wife culture is fascinating. Like, and we, you know, we're in the middle of exploring hot wifing as a kink. And, and uh, we had a great conversation with you recently about that. And I've always, I've had a tough time sort of nailing down. Why does, why does the term bother me so much? Why do I get so like triggered really by the idea of hot wifing? And I think it's because in the most traditional sense, it's really about the guy and the guy's pleasure. Like the wife is just an object of his, of, you know, him meeting some kink, his desire. Um, but if you go on Twitter, if you talk to some of our listeners, there are women out there who identify as hot wives. They play in all sorts of different ways. They play with their partner. They play separately with the consent of their partner. Um, there's no sort of fixed definition of what they're doing. And it is completely on their terms. And they're, they're gorgeous women, but they, they look all different shapes and sizes, all different ages. They're just owning their sexuality. And that is such a cool thing to see. Well, and I love it when we take a term like hot wifing or, or any term really, and mm-hmm. we, we decide we're going to own it and we're going to change the idea of what it is. Right. In my relationship, we're, well, we're in the middle of, you know, she said we were in the middle of sort of discovering this hot wifing thing. And what is this all about? And we're exploring that in our own relationships. And um, Mr. Cat is kind of excited about it, but he's not telling me what I have to do or what the rules are. We're sort of figuring it out for ourselves, what the rules are. And his most important rule is that I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That if, if it's something that I want to do, if it's something that I like, he's all for it. And how can he help me <laughs> facilitate it? So I think you know, all of these uh, definitions and terms that we that have very specific definitions, we really don't have to adhere to any of that. We can change the definitions of everything if we want to. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the sex is boring. Like I feel like someday we're talking about, oh, women's empowerment is that we've been able to explore some really crazy kinky stuff that just toe curling hair curling, amazing sex. But if you approach it for like, not, what do I, how do I avoid the things I don't want and approach it instead? Like, how do I set up all of these things that I want? Like, if I want to fuck a phenomenally hot guy, I can set that up. Mm -hmm. If I want to explore, you know, restraints or impact play, um, but I've always been scared to like figure out how to do it in a way that I like, all I need to do is use my motherfucking words and I can get an experience that represents exactly what I want. It's very empowering. Well, and I think a really good example of, of taking over sort of our own sexuality is our approach to house parties. 
we recently had gone to some house parties and the way that they sort of run, it seems very male oriented. Uh, at a certain time, all the women are expected to put on their lingerie or get out or, you know, get naked at a certain time. And it seems very structured. And it seems like the men are sort of dictating how that's going to look and what we're going to do. And so we sort of decided to sort of change the rules on all of it. I mean, not just hot wifing and house parties, but really any experience that we want to have, we are trying to look at it in a new way. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it is, um, like I said, very progressive way to think of it. And I also think it segues very well into the topic, another topic that listeners of our show and especially readers of our blog on our website know that I am uber passionate about, which is the idea of event themes and kind of some of the different, yeah, the kind of the different policies you see at certain clubs and certain events regarding kind Mm -hmm. of misogynistic ideas of what a woman should be in a sexual environment. For example, our listeners know that I absolutely hate the naughty schoolgirl theme. Okay. If you like it, (laughs) that's fine. You're allowed to like whatever you like. I'm not yucking your yum. I personally hate it because I think it's creepy. I think it has this, these undertones of a very misogynistic environment in which I'm expected to dress a certain way, but men are not asked to participate in any way, shape or form. And it really is, in my opinion, done using women as the bait in these events, mm-hmm. right? It's yep. it's all about the male gaze. It's about getting men there and about obviously the business profiting, which I have no problem with capitalism whatsoever. But when it's done kind of at the expense in some ways of part of the clientele, I think it's a little bit creepy and and not done with the best of value. So I kind of I, I wanted to get your take on that because obviously I don't expect everyone to agree with me. I also know that you guys go to a lot of these different uh, resorts and parties and clubs and those types of things. So what are your thoughts on all that? Well, it's interesting because we just got back from Desire and, you know, they have a lot of theme theme nights there. And one of the theme nights in particular was pimps and hoes. Yeah. So straight up misogyny. <sighs> right. And so we, we want to participate and we want to, we want to have fun, but we also want to do it in a way that feels authentic to who we are. Mm-hmm. So we flipped it. And it was a blast. <laughs> Love it. It was so fantastic. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it more on some bonus oh, episodes. We can, but we oh, can, we're going to tell you. Tell you. you know, just because so, we love you so much, Brenna, we're going to, you know, give the, the details on this. Please. Um, Our guys were such good sports. Yes. So we came up with this idea. I actually think this was your idea. They dressed up in the pretty woman, iconic blue and white Cut out costume. Did they have the safety you know pin and everything? It well, they didn't have the safety pin on the boots. We had them. We didn't want to dress them like girls. We right? didn't put them in drag. Right. Okay. But okay. They got had, it. They had the the dress on, and then like Converse and regular. You know, they looked yeah, like they were dudes just in dresses. Dudes in dresses. No drag. No makeup. No fancy shoes. They wore their. They wore their <laughs> Chuck Taylors. They just looked like dudes in a dress. But it was definitely that pretty woman dress. And then we dressed like the pimps. We had the fedoras on and the dollar sign necklaces and the boots and kind of dressed like seventies pimps. And the coolest thing was that they got the best reception. I'm sure the women went crazy over it. They loved it. And the guys just strutted like they owned it. Yes. They were awesome. And all the girls wanted to fuck them. (laughs) 
Mr. Cat said he'd never been felt up so much ever. He's like, is this, is this, is this what it's like to be a girl? I said, yeah, kind of annoying, right? No. It <laughs> is. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, I think that's so awesome. Yeah, I love that you 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 spun it on its head and took something that could be, like you said, kind of misogynistic and turned it into something that was the polar opposite of that incredibly empowering. And, oh God, I love that. That's so cool. I think, I just think in general, I mean, we were talking about, you know, we were planning to do some events in the future and we were like, God, wouldn't it be cool to do a wet t-shirt contest where like anyone can participate and the guys are just as celebrated for sporting it as anyone else? Because to me, the idea is not that you shouldn't be able to do those things if you're comfortable, if it makes you feel sexy, if it makes you feel erotic, that's freaking awesome. But you shouldn't feel pressured to do it just because you're a woman either. That's right. And I do like the more open-ended theme. So first of all, we love a good theme party. Like, oh yeah, it's just the it is con- you know combining the best sort of like Martha Stewart bullshit awesomeness of having a party <laughs> with sex. Like uh, we have done, we did a house party uh, about a month ago. It was heaven and hell themed, which was fantastic. People had so many different choices on what they could wear, and we're having a back to the nineties themed right. house party coming up. So I think if you choose something, it's not so fucking cliched. Like, well, and you can turn any vanilla theme into a sexy theme by just sexing it up a bit, right? Nineties could be any 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 party. And it makes it easier when you go to Michael's and you're saying, I'm having a 90s themed party. <laughs> you don't have to. Like, they know my name at Party City. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't walk in there and say, we're going to Pimps and Hoes party next week. I need some help. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How am I going to fit my dildo in that tiny little purse? No, I need- <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I think it's um I think it's time for us to see that shift personally. And I think I say that like I said as a 31-year-old, as a millennial, as someone who has friends in their 20s, I think that we're going to start to see a more a bigger shift, a more serious shift in terms of the ways that clubs and events kind of view women, treat women, um, you know, encourage women to be themselves at events. And, and there's nothing wrong with being sexy or even explicit. I mean, that's why we're all here is to be sexual. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I often find that there's people, especially newer women in the lifestyle that look at those events and go, if I am not dressed that way, if I'm not dressed as a naughty schoolgirl, which maybe has, you know, zero appeal to me whatsoever, I am going to be the outcast. I'm not going to fit in. Therefore, I'm not going to have as much fun. Maybe I'm going to hold myself and my partner back from having the experiences that we can and should have you know, based on our goals and the lifestyle. So I just, I hope that we'll continue to see that shift. And I love that, uh, that you guys kind of have taken a fun spin on it as well. So, yeah. Um, I want (laughs) to, I want to shift a little bit again and talk about something that, um, you know, you had mentioned a lot of women kind of for the first time, or maybe more so than they have in the past, really putting their own needs first and how that is such an empowering thing. And obviously we want to continue to see that happen in the lifestyle space or in sexuality in general. But I want to talk a little bit about sexual orientation for women, because I often find that I identify as bisexual at this point in my journey. I think it's a very fluid thing and I could change my mind tomorrow or a year from now or 10 years from now. But right now I I identify as bisexual. And I think it's really easy to identify as bisexual in the lifestyle. And I kind of wanted to talk through with you guys what your experiences are in terms of are women 
are we pressured in some ways to be bisexual or to be interested in playing with other women? If so, where does that come from? If not, what progress have we made that's kind of moved us past that point? What are your thoughts on that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Women are pressured to perform bisexually in the lifestyle for sure. Yeah. In fact, I I think I've spoken about um, a few situations where the other woman's husband was coaching her and pushing her to do things with me. And I was saying, I had to look at him finally and say, stop that, stop doing that. Because he was trying to tell her, you know, go kiss her, go, go touch her. And she wasn't wanting to do that. And it was pretty clear to me. And I was very uncomfortable and it was just, it was, it wasn't fun. It's not sexy, not sexy at all. No. So I think to your point, Brenna, sexuality can be really fluid. I think for women in particular, it's very fluid and having only, let's say three different types of identities, straight, bi, or gay is not sufficient, even on a given day. Like (laughs) you need a, and, and there's the Kinsey scale, right? The one, one to six, if you're one, you're like, really pretty straight. If you're six, you're gay and you have all these numbers in between that you can choose from, Mm -hmm. but nobody, men or women should be coerced to engage in sexual activity that they don't want to engage in. There's plenty of women out there who enjoy exploring and there's plenty of women. If the situation is right, they want to explore. I mean, I think I don't want to speak for Kat, but I think both of us kind of identify more sort of by curious or what was the term? By situational. By situational, right? Depends. And, but there have been times where I look around a room and the person I am most attracted to is a woman and I will, you know, connect with her and, and we'll play and have a great time. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't think of a single woman in the lifestyle who's not had somebody suggest that they go kiss another woman. Yeah. Um, and that's not cool. And it's not good. And dudes, you should stop it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't hear us telling men to do that. Yeah. Go kiss that dude. <laughs> no. Well, and that was going to be my next point. You know, Brian, obviously our listeners know Brian is currently identifying as pansexual and it is the polar opposite for men. And I think back to, and there was research done recently that was showing, you know, kind of this fantasy, fantasies of men, right? And men fantasize so much about a woman being with another woman. It's like one of the top four fantasies that men tend to have. And of course, that is rarely the case with male on male play, whether it's for men or for women, at least not that they're admitting. I, I think that there's a lot more of it out there than people want to admit. But I think that that dictates a lot of it, right? It's this idea of what do people in the room want to see? What does my male partner want to see? You know, if we're playing in a group setting, if we're in a a playroom and others can see, what are the types of activities that are going to kind of garner attention? And that's okay if that attention means that you're doing something that you want to be doing. But how unfair is it to go into a play situation and do something that you're really not into with someone that maybe really is into it. You know, I have a lot of female listeners that reach out, for example, and they say things like, well, I I went into a play session with a woman and she was all over me and kissing me and dancing with me. And I asked her to go play and she was like, absolutely. And then we get into it. And it's very clear that she is not wanting to do this. Either she was like you said, kind of, I don't want to say coerced, but, you know, talked into it by her husband, or she feels some level of responsibility to follow through with that because 
the vast majority of women in the lifestyle do not identify as heterosexual. And, and once again, it's that, that idea of not being left out, right. Of, of wanting to fit in, of wanting to feel like you are the same or, or similar to the people around you trying to find your tribe. And I think that's so unfortunate. I just wish that people would, would, not only be more genuine with our partners in this space, but also very clear with themselves about what it is that they want and go into situations, making sure that their actions mirror that. Well, and I wonder if that number of women who you said mostly women in the lifestyle identify as bisexual, how much is that determined by women feeling like they're supposed to identify as bisexual? I wonder what the number would actually be if it was you know, a blind sort of survey. Yeah. Well, I always say the lifestyle is like a microcosm of the world, right? And when you look at the world as a whole, it's something like four to 5% of people identify as bisexual. So if we break yeah. that down to the lifestyle, it's like, eh, are, you know, 70% of women really bisexual? I'm going to yeah. say probably, probably. not. Yeah. But but at the same time, I'm, of course, I'm I'm not going to dictate that. I, I'm nobody to say if 70% of people should be bisexual. I just wonder how much of it is is based on pressure. Well, and there's something great about being in a in a situation where you can explore that. Sure. Maybe there's probably a lot of women who are exploring it. So they say bisexual because they're curious. They want to look into it and they're free to do it because there's no judgment. There's no, you know, there's no shame. It's almost expected. (laughs) So if they want to explore that, it's a really safe place Place to do do that. Yeah. I also think it is totally okay. If you are a woman who enjoys dancing with other women, flirting with other women, maybe kissing other women, but that's as far as you want to go. That's fine. Like there should, we should, The great thing about the lifestyle is the only rules that apply are the ones that apply with you and your partner or you and your partners, right? You know, often we're talking about multiple partners. If you just want to explore this little tiny space and that turns you on, more power to you. You don't have to go down on another woman because that's what's expected of you. You don't have to kiss another woman if that's what's expected of you. But I would also say I've met an awful lot of women who cross boundaries with other women in the lifestyle. And I think we assume, because maybe this is true for guys, like any approach that we would have on a guy is probably going to get a positive response, right? They're going to be down because like they're dudes. Um, (laughs) But women seem to sometimes approach other women in that sort of like, I I can touch you, I can kiss you, and I don't have to ask consent for it. Um, and that's that's not cool either. It, it's not just the guys who are pressuring women, I think, to to perform and to play. It, it I've, I think I've felt it mm-hmm. as much from other women if I'm not feeling it with that woman as I have from, from their husbands. Well, and this is obviously very anecdotal. It's just my experience. So I'm not trying to extrapolate it, but I've only been inappropriately touched by women at events. Right. (laughs) Right. Only. Never know better. (laughs) Yes. And well, and you know, the other part of it is Brian is, you know, six foot two and 180 pounds of muscle. And (laughs) I think that there is this idea that like another guy is not going to approach and grab my tit, but a woman somehow feels like it's more socially acceptable to do that. Even if it's myself and my partner standing right there, it really is. Gender is such an interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic. It creates so many interesting situations in the lifestyle. And you add some alcohol to the mix and it just (laughs) makes it really sideways sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we obviously talk a lot about Brian's sexuality because it is 
somewhat quote unquote different within the lifestyle. I really talk about my own bisexuality. And and I think there's good reason for that because I don't think it, my bisexuality as a 31 year old woman is uber thought provoking. I think it's much more interesting for a man that's 51 years old to be talking about the fact that he is newly out as pansexual. But yeah. at the same time, I do wish that we as a lifestyle community would talk more about female sexuality mostly because I want women to know that it's okay to identify in whatever way you so choose. And also, like you said, there are not three choices. I I don't, for example, I don't consider myself bi-romantic. I'm not going to date another woman. Brian and myself are very interested in the world of polyamory. I'll probably never date another woman. And there are people that say, well, that means you're not bisexual. No, I'm bisexual. I love licking a pussy. I'll do it all day long. If it's the right pussy, but I am not going to date another woman and that's okay too. And so being able to kind of decipher the things that you want and not fitting into other people's boxes, granted, I understand it's easier said than done because we all want to feel accepted and understood, but I mean, fuck that. We got, we just have to, <laughs> we have to be willing to step out there and to also yeah. express that to other people so that they somehow normalize that in their own minds too. Like I've met someone who is X, Y, and Z in terms of their sexuality. Maybe I never had before, but now I have a better understanding of it. Yeah. The labels are useful uh, because it means we're talking less and fucking more, but they're also really confining. And I think, you know, giving people space to kind of be who they want to be on any given day is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And of course you guys do that all the time on your show, two hot wives, which we'll talk about here in just a moment where people can find you. First, I, I would like to get to, as two sexually liberated women who talk very openly and publicly about your own sexuality, about the things that you love, maybe you don't love, kind of understanding yourself on a deep level um, in terms of your sexuality, what advice or nuggets of wisdom, maybe I should say, sh- would you like to leave our female listeners with today? Well, I think one of the things that we talk about on our show is just that we're, we have two different perspectives. And we are going to approach things differently. I might like something a lot. She might not like it at all and vice versa. So I would say, you know, that just because you want to explore your sexuality doesn't mean you have to go all the way with everything and jump in with both feet or you're not, you know, you're not really being open. You can do whatever degree of whatever it is that you want to do. You can you can start slow. You can you can explore things in a slow way. Or you, can, you can go fast if that's what's comfortable. But you don't have to feel like because you're trying to explore, you have to do everything and you have to go all the way. I think that that's a scary thought for a lot of people. And also, you know, we're talking about our perspective in the lifestyle in open marriages. You don't even have to do that. We have a lot of uh, our episodes that are just ways that you can spice things up with your husband, just in your own confines of your monogamous relationship as well. But we, I just feel like everything is, is really okay. You don't have to adhere to anybody else's idea of what exploration means or what being open means. Yeah. I I think that's a really good point. Uh, You know, for me, if I had one piece of advice to give a woman who was on a sexual journey, like a sexual walkabout is it's very tough to decouple. If you have some experience in sex, decoupling what you want personally out of your sex life versus what you want, what your partner wants. 
And I think it's because we don't have a dick, right? We don't, we don't have something that tells us from a really, really young age, this is sexually relevant to me. Nothing like stands up and at attention and says, it's, this is sexy to you. So we are constantly looking to our partners and looking to society and looking to Cosmo magazine and all this stuff to determine what we like sexually. So to the extent that you can quiet that part of your brain and, and focus in on the things that you personally like sexually, um, I think you will have such a better experience. And, and it doesn't mean you become like a pillow princess and you just let all the things happen to you. I, I mean, I think about blowjobs and I've had an evolution <laughs> on blowjobs. I, you know, I went into it thinking I have to give a really good blowjob because that's what all guys want, right? That They love a good blowjob, like get that, you know, get that dick in the back of your throat. <laughs> um, and, and they all like that too, right? They all like they deep throating it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then I kind of thought about it. It's like, I don't like giving blowjobs. I get nothing out of this personally. Like nobody's touching me. It hurts my jaw. Like, why am I doing this? And, and, and then I sort of, I don't know, started to separate out, well, what is a blowjob and how can I get more pleasure out of it? And I found out, you know what, if I'm in a certain position and I can be touching myself at the same time, or I can, you know, get his dick in there in a way that um, doesn't hurt my jaw so much. And then I take the time to like, look at his face and look at his body language. And I actually really enjoy it now, but Mm -hmm. I had to, to hate it for a while and then figure out like, how can I like this? Now I really like deep throating uh, to be honest, but it, it was like a long sort of Zen like journey to get there. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. And to uh, an earlier an earlier point that you made, I think to some degree, we are socialized to be nurturers as women, right? Mm-hmm. I People often kind of roll their eyes when I bring up that whole socialization of women. It's a real fucking thing, people, okay? We have been sure. socialized to nurture other people, to put other people first since we were born. It is just what happens. Gender is, is such a thing that determines the ways that we interact with people. And I think as a result of that, often as women, we put our sexual uh, identities or sexual desires on the back burner for our male partners, especially for those of us who are obviously uh, heterosexual or in heterosexual relationships. And to be able to break away from that is the most freeing thing I have ever experienced in my entire life. And to also be with a partner that supports that and, and nurtures that in me is the most, uh, it's changed my entire life. So if you can work to that point, I highly recommend it. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have so much good sex and so much fun and your life is going to be so much better for it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. So obviously I would love for our listeners to check out more of your work. I think your podcast is so thought provoking and I think it's really unique too, because what you guys do on your show is you provide some of the education, the information, and then you go out and have a lot of these experiences yourself and share what it's like in practice. And I think that that is such a unique concept that is awesome. So tell us a little bit about the show and also where people can find you guys. Well, one thing that we don't do is we don't fuck for the podcast. So <laughs> we sometimes we decide we're going to explore something and one or the both of us don't have a really great experience. And so yeah. we are pretty honest about what it's all about. We, 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 
we dive into it and like it or not, we tell you exactly what we think. Yeah. yeah. It, we don't explore uh, situations that we don't have some real legitimate right. interest. And, and sometimes that means we don't fuck for the podcast. We, I think we have fucked for the podcast, well, but what not I mean is like we, don't, <laughs> we don't make ourselves do something right. that we don't want to do. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, so we're, we are the two hot wives and you can find our podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, on our website, which is www.thenumber2hotwives.com. We're kind of all over the interweb. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter and and uh, Instagram. Yeah. And like Brenna said, we choose a topic, a sexual experience, whether that's, you know, anal sex, MFM threesomes, seduction and foreplay, you know, role play. Yep. Uh, menage a moi. Ah, uh, yes. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you gave us that term. I did. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. So masturbation or self-pleasure and we, we research it. We talk to a subject matter expert and then we set ourselves sexy homework and we go and and do it. And sometimes it is absolutely mind-blowing and sometimes it is not. <laughs> sometimes it's just hilarious. And, uh, um, and, yeah. And it's all, you know, I was talking to a listener the other day and they're like, I really didn't think that podcasts about sex were real and authentic. And then I met you and I realized everything you talked about, you've actually really done. And if we can't set it up, we don't, we don't talk about it. We talk about how we couldn't set it up. Um, but it's very important to us that our listeners know this is us. This is really our life. Um, this is really what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And it's pretty fucking fun. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, love it. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It was a delight to get to know you a little bit better as sexual ladies and as sex positive people. And thank you so much for the conversation. Thank, thank you, you. Brana. Good luck with the move. Oh, thank you. Another big thank you to Ams and Kat for joining me for this conversation. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of things that us ladies uh, need to think about in terms of being in the lifestyle, in terms of interacting in sexual spaces. I think it's amazing that we get to do this, but we still have some opportunities as a community uh, when it comes to gender roles and the things that women deal with in the lifestyle. So I'm really glad that we were able to highlight some of those things and also just have some fun and get to know each other better. So a huge thank you to them. I hope that you guys enjoyed this bonus episode, this very special three-year anniversary bonus episode of Front Port Swingers. Thank you so much to those of you who have listened to all of our episodes or really any episode of Front Port Swingers. We appreciate your listenership and and hope that we can continue to earn it by telling you all of our naughty stuff, talking about the important stuff, the train wrecks, and everything in between. So we hope that you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend, your day, whatever time you're listening to this. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs>